Rosenberg podcast coming to you live on direct from the wonderful studios here in Patterson, New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, you're wondering why is the Bob Marley playing in the back? Because it sees like Montego Bay right now in the studio. We got the doors open. I got it. Actually, when we checked on the AC unit, which we shut off, it's actually said 86 degrees. So I want to let you know right now, it feels like straight in the grill vibes in the studio. Big shout out to Bob Marley for representing us so well on the worldwide stage. We're rocking out in the, on the background. It's going to be available on our SoundCloud when we rock out this classic mix a little bit later. But tonight, ooh, it needs to be warm at the studio because this podcast is going to be official. Tonight, I'm blessed to have a special guest in the house, but you know how I normally and always start the show. Give a big shout out to everybody who really makes this possible. Round of applause for Manny on the camera. Thank you so much, my boy, for holding us down. Big shout out to E-Dub on the sound. Bong, bong, bong. I got some special guests in the house tonight. Big shout out to Cheese. Yo, thank you so much for coming through, my friend. Big shout out to Corey from the last podcast here in the house. Your energy is well appreciated. Big shout out to my, Corey's buddy and big shout out to my guest friend who's here. Yo, thank you so much, guys, for kicking back. Your energy is felt in the house tonight. I want to say thank you so much for being here. However, tonight is official. It's official. Yeah, right? It's official. Round of applause for my boy, Kimar. Thank you. Thank Yo, you. it's an honor thank to have you, you here, you. bro. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm glad to and, be here. And, you know, people might wonder, like, dude, uh, you know, number one is um, being Jamaican, it's rare that I really rock in with a Jamaican <laughs> instrumental or a Jamaican song into my podcast. And there's no specific reason why, but I usually pull that when it's a special moment. The last time I did that was when my mom was here. Oh, man. So I had to pull that today because we had a powwow earlier, yeah. like a pre-interview, and I really got a chance to understand what I'm going to be getting tonight. Mm-hmm. The smorgasbord of knowledge and yeah. talent that you bring to the table. Yeah, hopefully, you know, I could help somebody enlighten people. That's my job. That's everybody's job. One supposed to teach Abba. Look, we haven't even started the show yet. This guy's dropping jewels. Sport <laughs> Rosenberg Radio. Let me just let me just school you on this real quickly. When you say something profound during this entire podcast, I will interrupt you and let you know you just dropped a jewel. And right now, you just dropped a jewel on Score Rosenberg Radio. Could you say that again, my friend? Everyone is supposed to teach one. If you die with knowledge, it's pointless. If nobody knows what you know, it's pointless. Wow. So let's just let's just let's just walk into this shallow water because we just jumped into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> uh, my guests are like, dude, already jewels are being dropped. Thank you so much for what you're bringing to the table right now. However, Kimar, yeah, A.K.A. Crooksman Sata, yeah. Let's expound on that real quickly and how you came to that name. All right. Well, Crooks and Sata is Latin for the Ankh. The Ankh. Yeah, the Ankh. All right. So for everybody who don't really understand the Ankh. Mm-hmm. Explain to us what the Ankh is. The Ankh is really like an old African, I'm going to say African, but it's really associated with Nubia and Egypt. Okay. And it's really, I would call it our original cross. And it, what it is, it's, it signifies eternal life, you know, represents the male and the female aspect. Okay. I mean. I, I love where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. So the Ankh is a cross yeah. or our cross. What is, was it, is that cross different from the traditional or, not, or the typical cross that you're, 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 you've, you've seen? Or? Yeah, I mean, we've come accustomed to know the cross that is associated with Christianity. Correct. Yeah, but that cross, the Ankh is 
probably predates it 3,000 years. So it's, it's significant to Africa in a sense. Because okay. Egypt is Africa. Even though we don't really consider it Africa, some people don't because of how the people look. And you know Africans are usually sh- associated with dark skin and so and so and this and that and even slavery yes so you know people don't sometimes oh they're not african they're egyptian you know what i mean but oh, they try to separate themselves from yeah okay so we, we're gonna get into that whole dynamic of why that happens yeah but just so my viewers or my listeners really understand the ankh what is the shape of the ankh what what is what does that look like well uh, it's like it's a circle it's really crooks it means cross Okay. So the whole name Crooks Ansada means cross with a handle because it has a circle on the top of it. And basically the circle represents the female. The, the long part of it represents the male. Together, female and a male makes life. It represents life. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, and supposedly the, the two handles like go represents your offsprings, like your children and stuff like that. So to, to really get people to understand and really be aware of where we're coming from on this, you're talking about a traditional cross mm-hmm. with a circle on, on top. On top, yeah. So it's and a hole, in, a, a hole in the center. Yeah. And that, that hole in the center, so right. this is the cross with a circle. That yeah. hole in the center represents the female. Mm-hmm. The long section of the cross represents, represents the, the male. male. Yeah. And the arms represent your offsprings. Offsprings, yeah. And that's the predated cross or yeah. the african cross yeah pretty much did yeah. i would like to, i mean because the thing is we always talk about egypt and but even nubia and they, they pretty much share the same culture now the thing is you had nubian princess nubian king you can't deny that as being people we say colored people but the reason why we spend so much time on egypt is because you can argue now that these people wasn't black Mm. Because they've been from the Persians, from the from the Greeks, from the Romans, from the Arabs. So now they're very mixed. So now you can say that these people wasn't black. If I'm saying so, a lot of people tend to spend more time in Egypt than they do Nubia. And reality is, Nubia has more pyramids than Egypt. The reason why we know about Egypt is because Egypt has the the three biggest pyramids, the Giza and all that. But there's about Three, thirty, it's about thirty-something pyramids alone in Nubia. So Nubia, geographically, where's that located? It's right next to. The, it's in. It's in. I think the. Uh, they call it the Horn of Africa, and that's so what we what we know today as Sudan. That's Nubia. Okay, so I wanted to stop you right there because we kind of jump from deeper waters to deeper waters, and yeah. I kind of want to have my my listeners be able to walk through to see where we're coming from because yeah. you have so much awareness of who you are, who we are as a people and the value and history that we have that I want to make sure it's delivered tonight. Yeah, I'm going to so, try. I'm going to no, no, get I'm going to make sure it's done because that's my job as the interviewer. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, as the, the guy who's curious, you know, forget that guy. This is what this is, a conversation over Heineken. As a matter of fact, let me just give a big <laughs> shout out for the libation. Your big toast yeah, to Heineken. Toast for to provide, Heineken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big shout out to that. However, so, Crooksman Sata. Yeah which we kind of segued and found out a lot more about what you're going to bring to the table a little bit later. But mm-hmm. that name was, as we did, derived it, was the cross, crooks came from the, cross. Yeah, and, the, and like I said, the name of it is, is literally Latin for cross with a handle. And the, it's spelled A-N, Ansata, A-N-S-A-T-A. Now, Mansa, which is a name for a king, like King and Mali, 
And and one of the richest person, even till this day, was an African named Mansa Musa. So what I did was just put the Mansa with the Ansada and got Mansada. So okay. it, uh, within my name, it says King. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> understood, understood. Yeah. And I love the detail yeah. in choosing the name. Yeah. Because you rarely, or I've never heard, and I, I'm, I, I am one of the most this um, documentary buffs out there, I've never heard of the king you just mentioned from Africa. Oh, Mansa Musa? Mansa Musa. They don't teach you that. They, you can't learn it in school. They will never teach you that. Like I told you, even till this day, there's been nobody richer than him, okay. even till this day. Here's what we're going to do on Score Rosenberg podcast right now. Tell me a little bit about this king. Well, what he was, at first we're going to go to Ghana. And, you know, as a Jamaican, a lot of us have... Basically, they say we come out of Ghana. Like, this is who we are as a people from the Ashanti tribe. Okay. As Jamaicans. Yes. So, Ghana was one of the most powerful empire in West Africa. Now, Ghana got basically taken over by the Mali Empire, which was Mansa Musa. And Mansa Musa was a convert to Islam. Okay. So, he introduced Islam to West Africa. But Ghana was known for its gold. So when he took over Ghana, he became very rich. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And what he did was, because he, he, um, he was a Muslim, he went and made, you know, to went to Mecca. And everywhere he went, he would bankrupt places because he had so much gold. If people don't know, that's why the eyes started to fall on Africa. Because I tell people, you don't, you don't go take and destroy a village or a place that's poor if it has nothing nah you go there because there's something there and they pillaged and, and they killed and because truth be told the whole the whole colonization did not start with i hate you because you're black they was on a mission for gold that's why that's why they went and their eyes was on africa because Primarily due to Mansa, Mansa Musa. Because they saw the wealth that he accomplished by yeah. all the gold. Wow. Yeah, and we, we were known for that. I mean, like I tell, I tell people all the time, your money is valueless. It's, it, it, your money has as much value as you put into it. It means really nothing. It's just, it's what you put into it. Score Rosenberg podcast, Jules is being snuck by me, but I'm catching them. <laughs> Yo, that was a very profound statement because in this society, we live by that. Yeah. You know, say that again, my friend. It, like money. Money is and anything. Anything is it, anything has value according to what you, what you put into it. As in, if I look at this mic and I start to value this mic, like this is my mic, then I, I put value into this mic. And that's how we treat money. Money is value. It holds no value at all. It's a piece of paper. But... It's, it depends on how much you as an individual put, put, in, put into it. You know what I'm saying? So. You, you, you are um, being very wise in a lot of things that you're sharing right now. And I want to make sure we're able to maintain and capture this. So as we get ready to segue into our first break, I want to get to the meat of this, which your awareness where did that come from? What was your journey like? I mean, how, you know, and, and you know, you know what's funny? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm glad you stopped. You know, here's what we'll take a quick break here on Score Rosenberg podcast. We're gonna come back. We're gonna slow this down because what we just did is took a, like a Usain Bolt trip from zero to 100 real quickly. Yeah. But now we're gonna come back, find out what inspires, what created, what's moving him to be so aware of where we are right now, the power of us as Africans, and the power we have. We're going to discuss some touchy <laughs> subjects tonight. Score Rosenberg Podcast, Crooks Mansata, 
Bob Marley in the background. We'll be back right after these messages. One. Rosenberg podcast coming back with my boy Crooksman Sata. Did I get that right? Crooksman Sata. Yeah, yeah Crooksman Sata. That's right. Yeah, That's you right. see, I'm Jamaican, extremely Jamaican, just like you I are. Mean, you saying it correctly though? Yeah, because I pronounce the T. I you gotta know? Americanize it. Yeah, we in Jamaica <laughs> we disrespect certain letters. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know, the A always get this. I mean, the R always get disrespected. Yeah, Instead of saying H. water and the H, water. Yeah, we and definitely H. disrespect the H all day. So. <laughs> But it's a, it's a it's an honor, you know, being here powwowing with you. And as I said before, I wanted to come back to this, the beginning of this awareness. This mm-hmm. be, the, what was that? What was that journey like? How did you become so aware of where you are right now? So go back. What was the family makeup like? Where are you from originally? The whole family. Well, me, I'm I'm from Jamaica, but all my family is here. I got family in Portland, Portland Antonio, but everywhere, to be honest, we everywhere. It's a lot of us. Yeah, Jamaicans are usually <laughs> yeah, everywhere, it's a bro. Lot of us. Probably one of the biggest family. Family out here, I got family everywhere. So we all over the place. Wow, wow. So you grew up here in the U.S. or born in Jamaica? I grew up here in the U.S., though. Okay. You mean? Mom most shuffled my, you back to Jamaica to get some of that yeah, sweet yeah, vibes? Yeah, yeah. Most of my, most, the, my upbringing is here. Okay. You know what I mean? It's okay. here. Nice, nice. So, yeah. mom and dad are Jamaican. Yeah. What was growing up in that household like? <laughs> <laughs> you already know. Everything was a weapon in the house. <laughs> you already know. The, ex- the extension cord, fl- flip, flip-flops, everything was a weapon. But, you know. The what? eyes. Everything. Everything was a weapon. You can't. If you, you get in the beating, if you dodge it, Ooh. You, you, you get you when you fall asleep. <laughs> that's how it works so that whole dynamic was a typical jamaican family very disciplined yeah i'm yeah, sure yeah. there was a lot of church up in there yeah of course of course it was i mean because i think more i want to say most jamaicans we come from a church background we do you, you do you know it was it was noted that geographically there are more churches per square mile than bars in Jamaica, yeah. and you know, there's a lot of bars on the highway as yeah, you ride yeah. along. So I don't, I'm not surprised at that though. What was that like? Was it an accepting time in your life, or were you rebellious about this whole church? Because we can become a very, you know, passionate set of people when it comes to church. I'm talking about Monday, Tuesday. Don't miss Wednesday if you miss. <laughs> when, you know what I mean? Yeah, actually, I went to church like probably twice a week. I was in a Boy Scout door, 
through church i joined the boy scout i was in i was into church sunday school all of that big big yeah. and that kind of had an influence on how oh, you you've been guided or how, how was that whole thing i mean i always been a free thinker so even when i was going through all of that i still asked questions I wanted to ask other people questions, but you're told not to ask. Mm. You know, don't question anything. So, but I would question things in my own mind. I would like, I'm very observant. I watch things and I, I keep it to myself, but I know if I like you from the first time I meet you, you mm. can't be my friend. I could be your friend, but you can't be my friend. Like I pick, like, because the, and the, and the reason for that is that I care about people. So if I call you my friend or my brother or whatever, there's nothing I wouldn't do for you. So I, I would like to say I choose my friend correctly. And so when something goes wrong between someone I call my brother or friend, it's, it, I take it personal because mm. that, that person I would have did anything for. You know? I, I, I got to salute you mm. on um, being so clear and macro on that definition of a friend. Yeah. Because I was having this conversation with my wife just on Sunday. And I was saying to her, if you really have a friend, you know, you're going to take on their responsibility when they come yeah, to you yeah. with an issue. Or yeah. I wouldn't I, second I, guess but, it. But we tend not to be as cautious. Yeah. You know, because it does add to the responsibilities on your shoulders. And if you're a true friend, which based on your definition, I, I hope by the end of this podcast, I do fall into that category. Yeah, nah, it's cool. But no, 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 no because at the end is, of the day, that's official. That's <laughs> yeah, basically the, what I'm trying to say. The thing is, I, I, I shouldn't be able to have to question you, your loyalty because you don't have to question mine. It, even if you're wrong, my job is to make sure that you're right. Even if you're wrong, it, it, I will talk about it later. But right now, my job is to make sure that you're okay because I called you my brother, I called you my friend. So if, wow. if you're not returning that same thing to me, I'm not gonna hate you as a person. But one thing about me, once I'm uncomfortable, I can't hide it. Like you'll know, it, it, you can't. You could apologize. I play you from a distance. So even if I'm around you, I could never be the same with you. Understood, and I respect that taking a stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, having yeah. A, li- a, a a line in the sand where yeah. Yeah, people know about me. But at the end of the day, yeah. a lot of people don't have that. They compromise, yeah. and that's when you allow these yeah. BS in your life. So you you came up through the Jamaican household. You went through the church system, high school. What was that like? Because I'm trying to get to what the journey was like uh, for you to be. To be honest, high school was. Like, I got my brother with me. He'll tell you, we, we was fighters. We fought. That's what we did. We fought. But we didn't fight because we loved to fight. We fought because, you know, like me, like I said, being Jamaican, we had a, the accent. You know what I mean? We, we would say tree. What, my youth? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Three, we would say tree. Yeah, tree. Yeah, we, I would dis- disrespect yeah, we say age. Ch- Tuesday. Yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. So a lot of fightings came through that because we didn't speak what they call proper English. English, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we, we, we fought mainly to, to really defend our ourselves and I mean and even in school I, me I would tell people I bullied the bullies big I bullied the bullies if you was a bully I want to score Rosenberg <laughs> podcast he's dropping jewels again I mean, I what, what, the yo that, that's big because in your life that what you need that's what you need to do yeah we don't leave like me and my brothers man we don't we don't like bullies yeah. like if, if 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 I if we in school and, and everyone's afraid afraid of you me in my heart I'm gonna try you yeah, I mean you beat me up you beat me up but I'm gonna try you I respect that you know that saying? challenge I'm gonna try you so Graduating high school, what was college? What's the what's the teenage mid adult life like? Uh, I went to college. I went to community college, but I um I went I took psychology. My major was um psychology. My undergrad was sociology. Ooh. Even though I didn't complete it, but I had good grades. I just didn't come. I gotta go back. Which, and which college? I went to community college because 
you know what I mean? Actually, people don't know is that gets uh, gives you a good start. It does. You, you, it's not. It's not. It's like going to the gym. You, people go to all these expensive gym. It's what you put into it. Like you go to the worst gym, is but if you put in that time, you are gonna get some results. True. Because you know I mean? it's, so, it's not the school; it's the student. Nah, it's, it's the person. I, I was in college. People was cutting class. I'm like, nigga, you cutting class in college? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yo, I'm like, yo, dogs. You hell no. I'm not cutting class in college. Like, come on. <laughs> no, no, I respect that, and I think maybe it's a third world perspective or what it is because there's a lot of opportunities here. But when you're here and you're able to jump in. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. segue out of college. What was the transition into adulthood like? Well, the thing is, I I I I went to college because, to be honest, I wanted to understand my daughter. Like I really, because I'm gonna say we came from a broken home, like a broken family, and I know the effect that that has on it. Because when you're a man, it's different from being a female. Because as a man, you could deny it, you can pretend. It like, because I always hear men say. A female is like this because she has father issues, but I. But we as men have father issues and mother issues, but we can deny it. We can sleep with twenty thousand women. We're the man, but once that woman sleep with one man, just over for her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. But I feel like they. I feel like women got the upper hand in that situation because if you keep a, if you keep basically pointing out what is wrong with a female like it she's has this type of issue this is that female can address that issue but as a man if you never identify why you do the things you do and you don't have to then you couldn't you would never fix that those issues so i feel like women in in sense have the upper hand in in when it comes to that let's toast to that bro let's get the screen bosses up to a very profound jewel you just dropped right there no for real i mean yeah so i wanted to understand my daughter because i came from a broken family and then when me and her mother separated I started noticing that she was going through things, and so I said, "I'm gonna go to psychology. I'm gonna take psychology in school so I could understand her mind." That was the motivation. That's why I went to college. Yeah, and I went. I, and even though I didn't complete college, I used to take her to the college with me, and she used to be a she used to be happy because I was trying to do something that I never seen growing up. I was trying to show her something that nobody showed me growing up. Cause, mm. cause, cause us, like us, it was okay. I tell you, it was okay to be wild. You know what I'm saying? Where we come from, how we grew up, it was okay to be wild. Which is a typical story in every urban neighborhood. It was you know, okay because to it's be wild. Because, because my family's like this. They all separated. We got one of the biggest family, but we all separated. But if you call one and say shit is going down, they coming. The crew is coming out. They coming. So, because of your daughter, because of your your mom, your, your your daughter's mom. Yeah. You wanted to understand the dynamic of the female and everything there because I'm really impressed on how you were aware of that we as men, the role we need to play. Yeah. Because I am, I, I, I think I missed something and I'm not going to let you sneak this by me. We're going to take this break. We're going to come back because what I want to find out on this when we come back, what created your awareness? Because you seem to be extremely aware. I drive around and I meet people. They're lost. <laughs> you know, they have no clue on, like, for instance, the fact that you wanted to go to college to learn, yeah. to understand that. What created that awareness? And there's a journey you shared with me in the, in the pre-interview. So we're going to get back into that. Score Rosenberg podcast. We're going to take a break. Come back. Let this bob rock out as we're feeling this grill vibes in, in the studio. Bong. Minutes after day to guy. From the bottomless pit But my head 
hand was made strong By the hand of the Almighty We forward in this generation Triumphantly Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our minds Have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop the time How long shall they kill our prophets? Tabba Mali Records, powerful, right? One of the most powerful, probably, I think because there's so many commercialized songs that he got that people don't appreciate that song, but that probably, that song right there is probably the most deepest and most powerful song he ever made, if you really listen to it. You know what's up, yo, E, could you just turn it up a little bit, bro? Let's just hear, let's just hear that chorus again as we rock out here on School Rosenberg Podcast. Crooksman Shata, about to drop some knowledge. Redemption songs. Redemption songs Redemption songs As we get ready to jump back into this powwow I, I wanted to, um, number one, as we're saying, profound record here But your awareness I mean what was that journey like because in the pre-interview you told me you had an interesting walk through life yeah my, to be honest I'm, just, I'm gonna be, my awareness really came from see I don't think nobody powerful came from like all the great people you think about had some type of struggle turmoil agreed over and over and over agreed you know what I mean? No one that we know that is uh, that is whether it's the elite or whatever you want to call it made it there just by making it there. Like the even even like great revolutionaries like they come they come from you got to be oppressed to be honest. I'm telling you, you got to be oppressed to to because you fight back when you're oppressed. And 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 when, when, if you don't realize that you're oppressed, you don't fight because you accept it. You you think that everything's okay. But all the great leaders we ever had, whether they're white or black, whatever, they came from some type of struggle. If I'm saying, and I and and I, I tell people all the time, you gotta embrace the struggle because it's gonna build you and it's gonna make you. It's gonna give you character. I, I mean, you just dropped another jewel on Score Rosenberg podcast. Yeah, you gotta embrace yeah. it. Embrace that struggle. You gotta embrace it. Makes it makes you stronger. Because it's gonna make you. It's gonna make you or break you. But I, but the strong people they don't break. So it's going if it broke you, it, it, you wasn't built for it. But true. but the strong ones like for instance like Malcolm X and Mark uh, and Martin Luther King like they know where they was going. They knew that they wasn't gonna make it. Yeah. But they never gave. They still went through with it because it's like. Once you get to that mindset, you start realizing, like, yo, there's something you have to be doing. You got to be doing something. Like, you're put here to do something. And even though in your heart you want to back out sometimes, it's like if you back out, then, then whatever you're supposed to be doing won't ever be completed. And so people like them realize, like, people are going to hate me, whether it's blacks, white, whatever. They're going to hate me. 
But I know I have a job to do, and I'm going to continue to do this job. So let's talk about that job. I mean. You had shared the journey you went through to be uh, aware of what your role is in this world. What was that journey like? I mean, the f- growing up in like, I'm not going to say urban because when I grew up, I grew up in Inglewood. And at one point, Inglewood was like Patterson. I'm saying hard we, to believe right now, but yeah, yeah, because because it's, it's it's Bergen County, and now it, this is the thing is it's so much money in Bergen County as 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 a whole that they'll never allow it to run down the way it was. But when we grew up, we grew up on a block and that that had crack block. We grew up on a crack block with curfews. I had a curfew, like I'd like, you know, I've we grew up with people that close close to me that I call my family and and family members have got have, have got murdered. And we seen, and we grew up doing that type of through, through, through that era. So I would say I'm from, even though I'm from a Bergen, from Bergen County, and I'm be honest, because we're from Bergen County, and it's known to have certain type of, we don't have respect, we don't get certain respect like how, say for instance, Patterson and North, True. because they don't, they look at us a certain way. But the era we grew up in, it was totally different, like crack pipes, because I really think every in, in around the eighties, the nineties, I don't think there's a black neighborhood that wasn't that effect. way. Yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? You're right, hundred so, percent. Like I said, we had curfews. I see crackheads in my backyard pissing on my windows, the Christmas and all types of shit. And we, we the only thing about us though, at one point we was a family. Like my city was a family, mm. as in we f- we fought and we pr- we protected each other. But when the gangs came, when the gangs came, then that's when everybody got divided. The gangs divided everybody. So now it wasn't you're from you're from my town. It was you're not from my gang. You know what I mean? From the same town, but not well, my you're gang. You're not from my gang. So now that because you're not from my gang, I can't be loyal to you no more. I got to give my loyalty to the gang. And the thing about the Inglewood is so small that I can't do anything to you without someone I know feeling the effect of it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So it creates this cycle of. Yeah, because everybody's mom is everybody. It's like everybody's mom is cool with everybody's mom. So let me ask you this. As we. Did you get caught up in that whole activity? Yeah, I started gangbanging. I mean, I, like, you know what? I, yeah, I, I got I got into a gang when I was young, and and I understood I understood very well while I was young what I was into. No, but here's what's interesting: you come from a solid family. Mom yeah. and dad were there. Yeah. Normally, the gang story is I wanted to be a part of a family. How did you? Because because you couldn't have mom and dad and still be in a broken home. You know what I'm saying mom and dad was there, but the, the home is is broken. Like it was broken. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, and plus my mom, and my mom was young, so my mom always try to. I feel like my mom try to relive that youth because she had me when she was young. Mm-hmm. So and you know what I mean. And and I realized that you know now that I'm older, I realize that when I was young, I didn't realize that because because when you have kids when you're young and you con- continue to have kids, you don't have a childhood. True. It's the same person. It's the same thing with a person that does 10 years in jail. A lot of times when they come home, their whole job, their whole plan is to try to relive the years that they lost, but you can't get that back. You know what I'm saying? So it took me a while to realize that, like, you know, that my mom was young. And I that, love my mom. You know, I got yeah. so much respect for my mom because, like, through no matter what we've been through, good or bad, she always made it through somehow. <laughs> Can we toast the mom real quick? Yeah, we gotta toast yeah. the mom. Yeah, right? yeah reaching out to moms. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm, saying. So. I'm very fascinated by your honesty in this. So, and a lot of people may think, and I'm very appreciative of the fact that 
although you're from a mom and dad home, the home was broken. Yeah, it was broken. You know, respect the honesty. So now you're in this. You're, you're attracted into this gang. Yeah, but you know, if, to be honest, the person that the people that I, I joined joined the gang with, we didn't see it like that. It was just hanging out. You can't understand a, a person that's in a gang unless you actually really talk to a person in a gang. I'll be honest, a gang is the blind leading the blind. That's a gang, the blind leading the blind. Score Rosenberg podcast. Yo, let's just look right into the main camera, my dear, my Yo, just could you say that so profound in my dude? A gang is the blind leading the blind, and I could vouch for that because I I, I lived it. You're dropping a lot of jewels right you know now, saying? my friend. Because it's, it's, be honest, man, anyone, first of all, put it like this, you know what I mean? When when I was in a gang, I could have got anybody to do anything negative. They was willing. No bullshit. I used to have people like open car doors for me, and and I would call people and they would come. But with the day I said, "Yo, let's get jobs. Let's go rent cars so we could go to to see different things," it's like everybody started feeling different towards me because 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 they had I had this image. I carried myself a certain way. People hated me because of that. So, okay, all right, wow, wow, wow. You are now in the gang. Yeah. You're now obviously in a position of leadership. To be, to be honest, I joined the gang. I literally sacrificed myself to save people, put it like that, because I knew me. I knew no one, no one was going to tell me to do nothing I didn't want to do. If I did it, I wanted to do it. Like an OG, whatever. And in and, and, and a certain situation, I was willing to die. You gotta be willing to die for certain situations. You 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 were. Yeah, I was willing to die for certain situations. Like, I was never willing to die for a, peop- a person I never knew. Like, back even, to the like, value of a friend. Yeah, I would, that's what I'm saying. I would never. I can't, I don't know you, and and my loyalty is that deep that I can't die for you because I don't know you. But the thing is, my brothers, we all are in gangs, and and me being one of the older heads, I put a whole plan in motion, and my plan in motion was. I gotta get, even though I, I, I kind of, I'm not going. I'm the first one to introduce it to my family. So for for a while, I carried a burden on my shoulder. Like I did things I didn't want to do. When you said introduce it, like when I started gang, when I started being involved in a gang, I was young, so I was just living it, not really understanding it, but I was just living it. So I, so I see gang members, I understand it, because at certain times you live it and you don't understand it, and you just living it. Just going through the motion. You don't get it. Sometimes people don't get it until it's too late. But me, I, 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 when I joined it, it's those people that I joined it with was, was we all was having the same struggle. You know what I'm saying? We all end up in an apartment with no mom and dad, and we was taking care of each other, like shoplifting from 7-Eleven, just to eat, and <laughs> doing whatever I'm saying. And this became like who, and that's saying, we was already, we already formed a little, before Family. the gang, and then like, and then, cause for some reason, gangs swept everywhere. You find gangs anywhere now. First of all, you, in Jersey, I tell people there's no street gangs in Jersey. There's only prison gangs. Because you go to Cali, like in places where the gangs originated, those are street gangs. You go 10 blocks, 10, 15 blocks, and 10, 15 blocks is all gangs. Yeah. You're not really seeing that in Jersey. I mean, there are blocks, but the, a lot of things times that I'm realizing is in, in Jersey is that people don't even, they, they, they're locking everybody up and they're coming home gang members. So that's different, you mm, feel mm, what I'm saying? Mm. People are not going in gang members. They're coming home gang members because in there you got to survive. Which is where the family protective unit yeah, comes you from. Yeah, you got to survive. So let me saying? ask you this. As we get ready to, to wrap on this segment, um, 
through this whole process, and it seems like you've gone through the growth, was there a turning point where you, because why did you want to bring positivity into the gang? Because I understood, like, from a long time, because I'm deep. Like, when I say I'm deep is, like, I look at my people, and I say my people as in my people. And I consider the Hispanics my people. I consider the African, black, whatever, my people. And, and, and I, I think my people as a whole don't see what's happening to them. Because, because I, I think I was telling you before, the, the, the thing we chase the, the most is money. But that's the thing that is destroying us because money only creates depth. It, it doesn't save you, it creates depth. And, and enough money could be printed where no one could, for instance, poverty is man-made. Poverty is man-made. You create poverty because as long as there's poverty, those people that's in poverty, you can always use them as a machine or a puppet. So you create poverty in certain area. And when you want certain people to do certain things, you offer them something because those people have nothing. And when you have nothing and you're tired of having nothing, when somebody offers you even a little bit, you're thinking like, I'm going to do it because I'm tired of having nothing. Because so poverty is man-made, and that thing that creates poverty is money. Because people don't understand it's only three percent, probably less now, of the dollar that actually circulates. So you feel what I'm saying? So you look at it like, hey, money is the answer, but it's only three percent of that money that actually circulates. Really, what what you need is credit. Because 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 when I started walking a straight and narrow, and I tried to get an apartment. Yo, I'm, I, I call you, let me do your background check first and check your credit. So I'm like, damn, I got to have credit to get an apartment. Not even in the house. You need a credit for apartment. So now I'm like, damn, I need credit for apartment? And they're turning me down like, yo, we just did this and... Mm. Nah, are you, they, they won't hit you with that. They hit you like, we'll give you a call. Score <laughs> 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 Rosenberg podcast. We, 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 we're, we're dibbling and dabbling, you know, a little bit. And I, I want to, number one, salute you for the transparency in, this, in, in everything you've shared so far. And as we take this break, I'm going to come back. And I want to know, because as we transition out of the, 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 the gang awareness, mm-hmm. you joined a gang and you were all in knee deep. Once you got out of that and the impact you're making now yeah. and where you're going yeah. and what you've learned, I want to come back and touch into that. Crooks Manchata, Squaw Rosenberg Podcast, Knowledge, one of the more, more conscious podcasts. Bob Marley in the background, Heineken's on the table. Yeah, respect. Stand aside and look. Yes, some say it's just a part of it. We've got to fulfill the book Won't you hear to sing These songs of freedom This all I ever had Redemption songs All I ever had Redemption songs songs of freedom songs of freedom Score Rosenberg podcast coming in with my boy Crooksman Sata Crooksman Sata yeah. you see uh, back to back to that whole phrase again I pronounce it T's 
you know, yeah, the guys do, with the, the accent thing, you know. Yeah, in Jamaica, English is kind of like a D. The, the, the yeah, T is like yeah. D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crooksman Sada. Yeah, Crooksman yeah. So um, when we when we wrapped up that um, last segment, we were talking about the transition or, you know, the being in the gang and the, the whole blind leading the blind and your perspective on it for being in the gang and coming out of it. What was the tipping point? Uh, you know what? I'm a, uh, I, I watched this documentary. And it was uh, it was on. I mean, that wasn't it, but that was it. Gave me the push to be like, all right. Um, it was this. I, f- I think it's called Made in Made in the U.S. or something like Made in America. And it was about the Bloods and Crips. Okay. And then I watched another documentary, and it was in Chicago. And something stood out to me in that documentary. When you watch that documentary, some place, some part, and it, I could be mistaken it with another documentary, but it's some documentary I'm watching. It was a gang member, and he said that they woke up and they was found found like, like by train stations, by the like rail carts full of guns in the middle of the hood. And then when I was watching the documentary in Chicago, somebody else said the same thing, like they were just found all types of army guns just in the middle of the hood, just like there. From saying, and then it started making sense to me. Give him saying, I knew exactly why I was there, and why it was, why we do the things we do. It's because. From from for instance, like from the Black Panthers, and you're always gonna have. First of all, when something happens, there's always a cause and an effect. Like you do something, like you can't never really stop gangs because you cut the head off, and then there's somebody else. And if I'm saying that's how it goes, but the problem is from the Black Panthers, not the problem. But when they started, and they had free lunch programs and free health cares, and we and and, and they had people standing right next to you with a with a with a law book in their hand so when the police was doing something they would read the law right to the police and they would even shoot cops not saying it was okay but they was willing to do whatever they had to do to protect that community their, their people yeah so that had to be dismantled and that had to be dismantled because it it caught, it, it, it created a a problem for government like if you have these people getting free health care and these people getting free food and setting up lunch programs and free health whatever all types of stuff even then you don't need the support of the exactly however <clears throat> the initial question that led us down this path was what was the transition and I and I keep going back the to tra- this. the transition for me would that got me into it or got yeah, me got, like, got you awoken because like I, said, if that's I, the word, I don't think that's a word word um, in the English language, but awoken. I'm gonna call it a Jamaican. <laughs> or yeah, but what 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 caused you to become more aware? Because I started understanding, like like it, it really stemmed from like I was explaining to you, like you you dismantled that, and then I I call the Bloods and Crips I say the bastard child of the Black Panthers because they actually originally started for that same purpose exactly. as the Black Panthers. True, true. But, there was also something where I I don't I mean I, I read it and I've read of numerous people saying it it makes sense to me but drugs was incorporated in certain communities certain urban communities purposely if I'm saying TLC uh, sorry THC weed 
was incorporated and it, it had to do with to see how certain people would react to certain drugs because actually people don't understand that the blacks the hispanics low-income poor people even white people you are the guinea pig like the, the lab rat of society so you don't so but how i got into that was i started realizing that that the the crips and the bloods and the crips started from something positive and then the drugs came in and then when the drugs came in it causes division and then it was a war on drugs you see what i'm saying so the war on drugs meant you target certain people you target certain communities so i started picking up on that and i said that we we become the puppet of a higher power. So you're telling me basically, <clears throat> during the whole transition of you being the top of this gang and being, you're now awoken by what you see going on. Yeah. And this I, changes around you, other gangs that are going. I just wanted, even when I was in the gang, I, I couldn't hate somebody because they were opposite color. And I've been around people that would do crazy things without second guessing it but in my heart i couldn't hate a person just to hate a person so even then when i was involved with certain things in my heart i couldn't just hate you and i couldn't you would have to give me a real reason for me to want to do something to you and i, I think one of the one of the the things i'm really impressed about because here you have really dabbled on a lot of tidbits of information that we're going to touch on in this last segment however <clears throat> as you transition out of the gang mm -hmm. right and you know are where because in our pre-interview you mentioned the marquees or the talents that you represent, which is a rapper. Yeah. You're a writer. Yeah. You're a motivator. Mm -hmm. And you're a teacher of Africanism. A Africanism, yeah. So when you look at all of that, I can understand the journey and the, the view you're gonna have looking back. But as we touch on all those, let's touch on the Africanism. All right, well, it, like I said, it, it, they, they kind of all fall into the same category because why, why, why us? And when I say why us is why don't we have anything? Like, we build this country. We build all the great nations that you think of on our okay, back. Okay, so when you say we, because we're talking about black and white I'm, here. I'm, we, talking about, I'm talking about the people that you know as the Africans, the people that you know as the indigenous people. The what, Indians? There's no Indians. There was no Indians before Columbus. I'm sorry. That might hurt people's feelings. But there was no Indians. Like, when, when before Columbus, Columbus came to wherever he came, we did not. And I say we because whether you're Puerto Rican, Dominican, Cuban, Jamaican, we are the same people of the same bloodline and the same culture. And we did not consider ourselves Indians. And that was a term that was given to us. And even the Native Americans, now we can't even call them Indians because they're smart enough to tell you that I'm not an Indian. So we used to say, Indians and because they said I'm not an Indian don't call me an Indian this is why we use the word or the term Native Americans now because they said don't call me Indian because if all right are you from India no I'm not from India I'm from Jamaica all right so but you're considered West Indian Wola, wola, wola. Yeah. You just pull a fast one on yeah, my you. I'm just acting. okay okay yeah yeah because I'm from the West Indies it, well who said that was the West Indies 
Columbus when he's that's that. <laughs> you making my point. Basically, you are considered a West Indian because Columbus called you West Indians. The people here are considered Indians because Columbus called them Indians. So you're no more than an Indian than the Indian that's here. You just as Indian as them because of the title. Score Rosenberg podcast. You just saying? A lot of jewels being dropped right now. I hope you guys got your seatbelt on, put a goggles on, your scarf on. We're going in. Are you serious? You're in the, you're a West Indian, right? You're considered a West Indian, right? That's the equivalent to say these people in the Caribbean is called the Taino Indians, right? The Native Americans are called American Indians, right? Why? How is everybody Indian? Where did that title Indian come from? So it's not a ethnicity. It's a title. It's a title. And then we're the only one that's still carrying that title. Have you, have you realized it? People are saying, yo, don't call me that because you're not from India. The only Indians I know and recognize are people from India. Which would make sense there because, okay. They're Indians. So, well, technically Asians, but, you know. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. So the African yeah. descent, which we, which we all are, because we know the whole progress with the Middle Passage and how we got here. Well, all right. So what, I, what it is is the, the, the first Native Americans were Aborigines from out of Africa. If you ever looked at an Aborigine, and take we're talking about phone? Aborigine, you, you automatic, automatically think Australia. No, yeah, because they only teach you Australia, but they're, they were in America too. They're actually the same people in the Caribbeans. Like, you're Jamaican, so was, you have it. We all share it. But we just know them as the Maroons. We call what we call we call them Maroons. What the Dominicans and the Cubans and the Puerto Ricans call Taino in Jamaica, we call Maroons. Mm. If I'm saying, but they're the same people. Even in Florida, they they was in Florida. So what what they are is if you actually look at the Aborigine and look at a person that's today known as an Indian, they look no different. They look exactly the same. Mm. What happened is Columbus got lost on his way to India. Everyone he encountered, he named the Indian. So we still slow, carry slow that. down, slow down. Dropping knowledge here on Score <laughs> Rosenberg podcast. I mean, no, for real. Run, run that again, my friend. I mean, by now. No, say those words again so <laughs> they can understand. I'm saying, by, Columbus, Columbus got, got lost on his way to India. And everyone he encountered, he called an Indian. And, and, and that's, not, that, that's, not for, that's for a reason. It's because, like I told you, the Aborigines, which are the original people of America, Australia, if you ever look at them and look at the Indian, because they actually are the same people that migrated. They look no different from the people we know today as Indians. Mm, they look exactly right. the same. You're 100% correct. They look exactly the same. That's who we are. Because an Aborigine could be as dark as you. Yes. Coarse hair. Yes. Straight hair. And that's another misconception because they teach you that that your, your, the, the shape of your nose, the, the texture of your, your hair, the texture, of your, the color of your eye is because you come from a certain group of people, which is not true because there's Africans which have blonde hair, which have actually all, everyone with blue eyes, whether white or black, share one common ancestor. So that has nothing to do with you being European or you being white. It's just something they've been teaching you and that's how you separate people. You separate people by giving people title. So they're very clever at that. So what about, so let's just go back and slow that up because if you go back three or four statements from what you just said, if we're all descended from the same people yeah. and there's no difference between black and white, or is there a black and white? No, there's no black and, black and white. It's me melanin lack of melanin like no one is black no one is white but i gotta tell people they're black because 
people are not telling you about melanin they're telling you that you're black so in order for you to understand what i'm saying i gotta say yo my black brother you're black but there's no such thing as a black person or a white person that's that's a color like we, we can't be all right does this make sense you are considered black a white person is considered white an indian is considered red and a chinese is considered yellow what you don't get like because that is a color code that someone came up with you to separate saying, to separate you why because Everywhere they went, the original man, it's my offense, some people, were dark. It was actually a war called the Black War. And, and, and what they did was they considered you not to be civilized. So the only way to civilize you was by imposing their belief on you. Their religion is one. Now, if you study... I'm a, let's say we get into voodoo and I'm not religious whether voodoo with Christianity whatever I'm not religious but let's say get into voodoo because you know you're Jamaican and in Jamaica we know voodoo is obia I'm so Jamaican especially on Sundays buck 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 <laughs> but you know voodoo is obia yes I do and yes. it is voodoo yes but reality is the reason why you know obia or voodoo is because in all the Caribbean islands or any place you can think of Wherever there's predominantly African, there's going to be voodoo or obia because that is the original religion that came with the Africa. And in, 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 in the Spanish-speaking place, it's called Santeria. It's called all of this. But wherever there's predominantly Africans or people of African origin, that is always going to be a part of their system because that is the belief that we came with. Now, the reason why that had to be banned is because it made us rebellious. It made us fight back against the, the uh, slave owners. Exactly. With, okay. Because in like put it like this, what you know about voodoo is what what everyone knows because it's commercialized as black magic or a voodoo doll. But the real teaching of voodoo is it's a visible world world and an invisible world, and the only way to see that invisible world is through what we know as death, and you as a dead person have a job. Your job is to watch over your living. You watch over your living. So the so us as our old culture before it got taken is we pray to our ancestors for protection. So if you and now if you listen to what I'm saying to you, the Indians still do that. Yeah, they do. They do. And it's, yeah. So it's because we're, we're we're the same people with the same culture and i say indians are for what we've been taught Told, yeah, yeah 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 cuz yeah just clarify that saying? because you've awoken us yeah. with the difference between that we're all indians like i said and sometimes i just gotta a title. still use that term because people can't understand it's, certain things unless you say black no, unless no, you and, say indian no and, and i love the fact that we are even you know getting into this and i let me first take this moment to apologize to my song guy e dub because he's like showing me the fingers but we got to go <laughs> in my dude so let's keep that audacity file rolling right now uh, Manny, make sure the cameras are warm. Um, here, here's what we want to touch into. As you're being aware of where we stand in terms of this, and I'll just use this word color, because mm -hmm. you're right, you defined it. There's no color. No. There's melanin or no melanin. Well, you got to understand that color comes with a characteristic, as in when they created the color code, they create a characteristic. So when you call yourself black, you know yourself as being black, but do you know the things that came with being black unruly uncontrollable certain things bad can't. luck it's a lot of things that come with that term being black first of all you as a person once you call yourself black you you're not owed any reparations so you can't be like i want reparations for what happened to us when you consider yourself black or even technically really consider yourself an american 
You have if to be African American. You gotta say I'm African. These are my people. This happened to us, and I want reparations. But you keep saying I'm black. I'm this and that. I'm not African. They don't look like me. And but then you ask for reparations. So the so the the, the color code. And you're right because when you started explaining that, I started understanding. And I'll be let's just be real on the show right now. Stereotypical statements are made about different yeah, colors. They still do it today. And they do that, first of all, you gotta understand, it's, you're born into a system, whether it's school, whether it's religion, you're born into a system. If I ask you why you're a Christian, you're gonna say my grandma, and so on and so on, was a Christian, so we're passed down. So I always ask people, have you ever taken the time to study something outside of what they teach you? Because you, it goes deep to the Romans, and, 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 and the Romans taking this, because I, now you have a choice to say I'm a Christian, but in reality, when Christianity was first being formed, you had no, no choice. choice. Yeah, either yeah, Christianity you, or die. You had no choice. They did it to, the, to what we call the Tainos and the Caribbeans. They had no choice. They did it to our ancestors, which, which we call Africans. They had no choice, because they looked at you as being uncivilized, and the only way to civilize you was through Christianity. Why? Because our religion said our ancestors watched over us, and when something went wrong, we prayed to our ancestors, and then we would give us the strength, and we would go fight you. So now there's a new system comes, and that system takes away your belief, and it replaces it with a system that says, turn the other cheek, God is going to handle it. So while you're being victimized, you're saying someone else is going to take care of it. But if you go all the way back into any ancient civilization or any person that calls himself a god or a kingdom, if I was your god and I ruled your kingdom, when something were happening to you, I would say, these are my people. They're coming to harm us. I'm going to go protect them. Now it's, these are my people. We're getting victimized. God is going to handle it. Well, I, I would have to challenge you on that because the philosophy, and yeah. there's a big difference yeah. between a relationship and a re- and religion. <laughs> no, no, hear me out. No, hear me out. Because, you know, I've, I let you go in because I got to say this on behalf because I have had a relationship with God. I can tell you this much. I'm a Christian. I know that. And it's not through, initially, it was through what you said, my grandmother, the whole thing. However, through my experiences... I have seen and experienced physically his hand on my life. So I can sit here and tell you, there's a God who does exist. But here's where I can also compliment what you're saying about the voodoo and we praying to our ancestors because what I've come to find out, and a lot of people are gonna hate me for this, God is in us. That we, all right, so what you just said, I'm not gonna disagree with you. I'm gonna agree with you to a certain extent. I'm gonna agree with you because the mind is the most powerful thing. Whatever you believe becomes true. Score Rosenberg podcast. Straight jewels being dropped right now. Say that again. Whatever you say is real is real. Whatever you say isn't real is real. If you say you're ugly, you're ugly. You say you're fat, you're fat. You say you're sexy, you're sexy. As long as you believe it, it becomes real. That is so That's powerful. That's why they teach you that in school from the First of all, even in school, the school system goes against your religious system because your school system is saying believe in yourself and you could do it. The religious system is saying believe in somebody else and it can happen. It, 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 all the systems kind of bump heads. That's why we have so much chaos in the world because if you really think about all the system that we're under, they technically always bump heads. You know what I'm saying? You can't say, believe in myself, you can't achieve if, I, if you believe, and you're telling these kids to believe and you can achieve, and then you have the religious saying, believe in the higher power because the higher power makes everything happen because that's two systems that's telling you two different things. However, and I must challenge you on this, 
It's because, and you were right to a certain extent, because we've been programmed, people do exactly what you're saying on here, the religion side. They, 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 they say, okay, you know what? I'm going to pray about it. He's going to take care of it. Hold up. The God I worship is what we call an action God. And what that means is this. If I want something to happen, I don't pray about it and then turn on and watch the Kardashians. Guess what I do? I silence myself. Then I realize the voice inside, which could be my ancestors talking to me. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, we, you know, we, we're going we, to disagree with you, but the way I look at it is this. Like, for, okay, let me break it down to a simple choice, and I hate to be long-winded with this. Yeah, you got it. You're my boy. Mm-hmm. I know you. So if I'm going through an issue and you come and I talk to you, the way I see it is, if God were to appear and say, squirrel, do this, 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 I would be so amazed and I wouldn't even hear what he said. But if he speaks through you because I'm aware and you tell me, like the conversation we had on the pre-interview, I had a, let me rephrase it, I know it was the God I know Mm -hmm. talking through you. Because you believe that. So it was real. Okay. So you believe it is real. However, the point I'm trying to make is this. <clears throat> it boils down to people should not be caught up in the rituals. And when you're caught up in the rituals, you're missed the ball completely. You follow? What's the rituals? Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> we're going to come back. We're going we're, we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap this, this last piece up right here uh, because it's getting deep right here. We're going to take a quick, quick two-minute break. Come back. Wrap this up with Crooks Manchata. We're getting deep here. Score Rosenberg Podcast. A lot of knowledge. A lot of jewels. Get up, stand up, stand up for your right. Get up, stand up, stand up for your right. Get up, stand up, stand up for your right. Get up, stand up, don't give up the fight. Rosenberg podcast coming back with my boy Crooksman Sada. I think I got that right there. Crooksman Sada. Yeah, yeah Crooksman Sada. We've been, we've been really getting into the um, enlightening discussion on um, religion and how it worked to separate. And, and we, I've known that. I'm mm-hmm. not debating that. But um, we are going to have to, number one, I want to touch on two minor things or major things. We're going to put a, what I call a stick a pin on that conversation that we saying in Jamaica that we had earlier, mm-hmm. because um, we're going to have you back on the show where we can go in and dissect that. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a good dissecting. Yeah. And we have people a little bit more teased right now on where this is going to go. However, <clears throat> on this particular matter, when in our pre-interview, we were talking about children 
and yeah. the benefits of children and mm-hmm. you experiencing your first child yeah expound on that well well my my first child it she's i must say she she saved my life i literally saved my life because there's things that i wanted to do like for instance when i got shot when i got cut there's things that i wanted to do and and i whoa 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 you got shot i got shot i got cut because but that's that's the type of things that come with the lifestyle i was living so you know as crazy as may sound i just wore the scars as a badger you know badger honor because it came with that lifestyle but i was living it and like i was saying sometimes you live it and don't realize it because i was in war zones had had my daughters and my daughter in a dangerous place and places i shouldn't have her and and i look back at it and now i could tell myself i was crazy but at that moment i was just living living what i thought was how i was supposed to be living how did she save your life because she would have conversations with me and she would say certain things like you know what i mean like it was one time i was having a conversation with myself and i said i just want to make this little girl happy and while i was going inside the store i had 15 dollars in my pocket that's when i stopped doing whatever i was doing i was trying to walk the street now i have 15 dollars and that 15 dollars had to go to my daughter and i just remember right before we walked in the store she caught me she's walked in front of me and she said daddy i just want to make you happy and that was a conversation that i had to myself with myself right wow. before she said it to me that you want to make her happy yeah and she when like i said when she found out like where i was living and and she was she was she's only 10 years old but even when she was four or five years old she would say i don't want you to die i, I don't want you to die so when you when you have a, your child coming to you saying Being i don't want aware. you to die you just like you have i had it on my conscience like i can't fail her can't fail her and she saved me like i said she literally saved me what's her name soleil yeah big shout out to soleil yeah she saved me so now i'm like i'm i I get personal with my daughter like i I, see that's what i'm saying before it's like i was living and i would like you in a gang and then these people you like yo they call you and when they call you you go do something you might die and 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 then you be on a t-shirt or you be in a video a music video or whatever but you're dead and and these what did you die for so now i just said i just i I know what i'm gonna die for and what i'm willing to die for and that's the thing what are you gonna die for like what are you willing to die for and i always said if i'm dead or if i'm in prison or whatever i can't protect my babies and my job as a man is to protect my babies score rosenberg podcast yeah let's look into that camera and say that my dude yeah my job as a man is to protect my babies (laughs) yeah so I'm willing to die for that. That's what I said. When I, when I tried to fall away from it, I was getting the death threats. I was getting the phone call, you know, this and that. I was getting the people that, that was running with me, and they was upset at me because, you know, in a sense, it, I made, I'm not saying I made it cool, but I was a figure into this, in this lifestyle, and everybody knew me, and they hated me, and they loved me. They hated me because I made it, because people looked up to me, and they want me gone. And then there's other people that loved me because, I made it cool and, and and they wanted me around and they wanted to be a part of something and one thing stood out to me one day is that I was at McDonald's and I had my, my bandana and my and my converses whatever with the bandana print and the little kids walked in and they was like oh what's up and they was happy because they knew who I was from the street and I started sitting back looking around me and I'm like none of these white people don't know me <laughs> I'm saying they, I'm nobody but that these kids that look like me know who you are 
uh, trying to follow in my footsteps. Because the influence you were making. Yeah, and then, uh, then I had my brothers and my cousins, and, and this what stuck with me, and they was like, you know, we gangbang because you gangbang. We do music because you do music. So mm. for, for, for a very, very long time, I carried that on my shoulder. I get the phone calls three o'clock in the morning laying next to my lady. Something is going down in my heart. I don't want to go, but I go because I carried it on, like a burden on me from that long. Mm. So even in certain, even the certain gang that I got involved with, I got involved with that gang, but to save my brothers, because mm. I knew like, once I got involved in it, could nobody tell me nothing. And like that, like I said, my family was something I was willing to die for. Here's what's interesting about what you've been sharing. Um, the fact that you have, you know, kept that third eye open. Yeah. Like you, you went on that ride. You know, yeah. there's a story in the Bible, which is the prodigal son, which he goes on this journey away from, you know, his father's home. But on that ride, you seem to have that bird's eye view of everything that has happened. You know, it's like that GoPro that was following you for you to become so retrospective on the journey. Now, let me ask you this as we get ready to wrap. Considering the entire ride you've taken yeah. and the Africanism, the self-expression and awareness and confidence you have in yeah. not only being you but in being the quote-unquote let's use the definitions in our world today mm -hmm. the color definition yeah. black man oh, right yeah i before we wrap it up there's, there's two things i want to touch on i'm gonna make it short even now because i'm always reading and like like you are, all the leaders are readers like if Could you say that again in slow motion to the camera, my friend? <laughs> like so this guy, yo, say that again. All the leaders are readers. Like, you cannot leave without reading. reading. All you the leaders read. are readers. Because even, the the, with the, even with the slaves, you wasn't allowed to read. True. Because they, they feared if you read, then you would have the power to free other people. So they never let you read. And even how they're teaching is saying that the slaves were, were or say, dumb and didn't know how to read or write. Of course, if you come out of Africa and this language here is English, how do you know how to read and write English? But the way they're teaching is like they're dumb. But the real reality is these people had their own writing system and their yeah, own, own language. The way yeah. they say it to you is like they was illiterate. Of course, they had to be illiterate. You don't speak this foreign language. You don't write this foreign language. Which so, is what a lot of Spanish and a lot of immigrants coming here are dealing with right now. Exactly. You know, so, so, so it's the same. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. So, one thing I came up came across was this thing called drapetomonia. 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 And drapetomonia back then, it was a guy named Samuel Cartwright, and what he did was, he literally scientifically, because he was a science, said we suffered from a mental illness and for centuries, not centuries, for years and years, it was literally categorized as a mental illness for a slave or an African wanting to be free. So if you was in captivity and held against your will, when you ran away, you had a mental illness. Why would I want to run away? Exactly, so they, it was called drapedemonia. You want to run away, for, like we're enslaving you, we're doing all this fucked up shit to you, and then you want to run away, you must have a mental illness. And for years and years, they did that to us. They, they, and the way to break you out of that was to whip you and put you in the sun with your wounds open because you had a mental illness. And there was another one called, I think it's called Dysastasia Ethiopica. And that was another illness that they, they said you had, and that made you lazy. You get what I'm saying? So that, like I said, it's a system, and that system never went away. That system never went away. True. Now, me and you are gonna have different point of views on religion, you know what I mean? But my mentality is this. 
these people did this for you for 300 years and then they gave you a book and said they were going to uplift you so in my head it's like you whip me you rape me you kill me you sell my family and then you said here's this book to uplift you to me that makes no sense it has to be you know what i mean because if you study your history Europeans, even the KKK, to this day, they've always been a Christian nation. They've true. never been anything else. Which is else. crazy. They've never been yeah. anything else. True, true. You know what I'm saying? So you had mentioned um, the two things, and the first was... Drape the moon. Yeah. You had mentioned two other points, um, which you wanted to touch on before we close. However, I wanted to, before you mention the second point, I wanted to, to ask you this. And I always ask my guests this real quickly, as we come to the end of the show. In this world... I mm-hmm. have the magic wand. Mm-hmm. I give it to you. You got two things that you can make an impact on. Mm-hmm. What would be those two things? One, I would I would tell my people to stop when you do your when you consider yourself who you are, even if you're an African American or or Hispanic, stop going to slavery, because you was that just the beginning of something here. But you was kings and queens beyond that. So when you study your history, it's okay. If I say I'm a slave or we came from slavery, nobody ever bashes me. But when I start saying we were kings and we, we build this till this day, nobody knew how they, the pyramids was made. And that's in Africa. But if I say, yo, we were great leaders that and our culture got taken and, and divided amongst the great. And the reason why you're in your situation is for you never to want to fight back for your shit. Stop mm-hmm. going to slavery because you got to go be fur, like go way back and understand who you are and where you came from. And invalid to your life. Exactly. But if you, if you keep telling the person that they came from slavery, then they're going to think that this is who I am. Second thing. I mean, the second thing is I would actually make sure that my kids, they, they would never, never like suffer. And they, like they would never... I, I want my kids to have their knowledge of free thinking. Like, I want them to be free thinkers. I want them to question every single thing that has been taught because everything has an origin. And every word stems from something. From saying, so question everything. Question every single thing you've ever been told. If they say stay away from it, embrace it. Question everything. School Rosenberg yeah, podcast, yeah. powerful yeah. ending. Crooks Manchada. Yo, thank you so much, my friend. It, Yo, thank you so much, yeah, bro. Beautiful it. ending. I, I couldn't end it any other way, bro. Yeah, I couldn't end it any other way. Yo, guys, we're going to put this up immediately. Check out our SoundCloud, Score Rosenberg Radio. It's going to be on our, our YouTube channel, ScoreRosenbergRadio.tv. Once again, to everybody that's in the house, yo, once again, a phenomenal podcast. I'm going to have you back. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to really, some, yeah, yeah we could really keep talking. You don't even get up here, bro. We got to get, take this quick photo. So as we get ready to close, guys, thank you for tuning in. Score Rosenberg Radio, Score Rosenberg TV. Stand up for your rights. Lord, Lord. Get up, stand up. Keep us traveling on. Don't give up the fight. Yeah. We're sick and tired of your isms, kissing game. Dying to go to heaven in Jesus' name, Lord. Almighty God is a living man You can't fool some